When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Johnny McFarlane and today I'm joined by author Jeff Holmes and Gary Ralston of the Daily Record. This week, as Rangers slump to another immensely disappointing defeat by Aberdeen, we assess exactly what Derek McInnes is doing to stay on top in the battle of the bosses. Gary, uh, we were both at the game last night covering it for Record Sports. What was your immediate reaction to the result? In terms of the way that the game panned out it wasn't a sub- I thought Rangers would win but um, as soon as uh, Glenn Kamara gifted Niall McGinn the opener after three minutes I looked and I says this has just made a difficult job all the all the more tougher because it, uh, it gave Aberdeen something to hang on to um, it gave Aberdeen a platform to uh, uh, to build or to sit in and just frustrate Rangers uh, which they've done incredibly well um, over the well certainly over this season I think Rangers have only defeated them once and um, and uh, and you could see that if a, a second goal was going to come, Aberdeen were 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 were, were swift in the counter attack on the couple of occasions that they did go up the park. Um, and when the, as soon as the second goal went in, you said that you know that was the game, even though there was you know it was probably still a quarter of the match to go. But um, Aberdeen, I thought um, they played Rangers superbly well as they have done uh, on several occasions this season. Jeff, that's the thing, isn't it? We've seen this movie before. Do you think Stephen Gerrard has serious questions to answer regarding his plan for the game? Well, it was. It was a rerun, wasn't it? It was a rerun of virtually every other time we've played them this season. And they, they tend, what they tended to do was just get the ball into the channels. They, they, they realised Barisic was a weak link and they realised quite often Tavernier's posted missing. And that, uh, the two central defenders, I don't think, are, 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 are genuine Rangers quality. We've seen, we've seen, we know that Goldson can play and I spoke to a guy at Brighton earlier in the season when he when he came to us, and he said, oh, you're getting a cracking big defender there. And yes, he's a good defender, but I don't know if he thinks it's a bit too easy for him up here. And he's just, uh, his head was all over the place last night. And even when we were 1-0 down, 2-0 down, he was knocking it across the back, and there didn't seem to be a lot of urgency. And that's what I think frustrated a lot of people. But to answer your original question, Gerard, I think he's he certainly found wanting last night because Derek McInnes, as Gary rightly pointed out, as soon as they scored, the worst thing that could have happened in the game last night was Aberdeen to score early. And then what they do is they just sit there with their bank of four and their bank of five and their you know one guy up front or whatever. They've got big guys there. They're hard to get by. They're hard to defend against. And it's even worse when you've got when you had our midfield that just didn't look as if they could create anything last night. Even before the game, Gary with the conditions which were absolutely horrendous you know getting out of the car and walking to Ibrox was a struggle never mind uh, playing in it I would imagine would have been pretty bad I looked at the team lineup, and I'm not just saying this after the fact I've said it consistently on the podcast Glenn Kamara for me great player very very luxurious on the ball but perhaps in a game like this someone like Ross McCrory who wasn't even in the in the squad or a Lasana Koulibaly given that we know how Derek McInnes is going to set up might have been a better option to start the game. 
Well, I think that the one thing that uh, Rangers have, have have lacked this season, and I think it's been a season generally of, of of positivity under Steven Gerrard. I'm not buying all this stuff about oh Gerrard's under pressure and all that kind of stuff. It was hugely disappointing. But the one area in the midfield that I do think Rangers have lacked uh, consistently is, for want of a better word, a midfield enforcer. I thought it was really significant last night that the crime count, to call it that, was eight three in favour of Aberdeen. You know, Aberdeen were making sure that they were not being bullied that they were not being overrun and that they were not being overawed. I know that uh, you know it, it didn't go down well with Rangers fans at times, but those Aberdeen uh, players, they were physical, they were demanding, um, they got the wrong side of the line somewhere uh, sometimes, but they certainly knew, let Rangers know that they were in a game. And, um, and I sometimes think that Rangers lack that physical dimension uh, in the midfield, particularly uh, in Scottish games where you have to, and I've said it consistently, where you have to, you know, it's, it's the, the force of will that will allow you to then be able to play football, particularly in the first 30 minutes of a game. It's always important to, uh, you know, to, to dictate, uh, to dictate, your, your 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 physical strength and then allow your quality to tell. Gerard talked about that after the game, and the, the presser, Jeff, he said, uh, Aberdeen bullied us mm-hmm. essentially. And uh, as Gary said, that was a key part to the game. You've got Shinny and Ferguson, who are big physical units in that midfield. And once they'd scored the goal, they just got torn right about Rangers. It was high press, it was all energy, and Rangers just weren't at it the way they need to be to win a game like that, were they? No, absolutely not. I, I'll, go, I'll, go back, I'll go back a long time to my, to my, my kind of youth and I grew up with a guy called Frank Medugo who played for Aberdeen. Uh, Frank and I came from the same scheme, played football together. And I remember Frank telling me during his time at Aberdeen, he says, uh, you know, he says, we went there, he says there was 40,000, 50,000 there. He said, it was, he said it was quite a frightening experience. He says, but Alec Ferguson was our manager. He says, and I remember Fergie telling us before one game to go out and get, get warmed up on the pitch. And there's a big sign on the grass saying, keep off the grass, right? And uh, the groundsman was there and said, no, you, you can warm up under, under the stand. There's an area down there. He says, and we went back in and Fergie says, what are you doing? He says, that guy's just told us to, you know, get off the pitch. He says, Fergie walked right out and booted the sign right up in the air and says, go on the pitch. He says, and if anybody wants to say it in the it, I'll, I'll speak to them. He says, and the, you, you wouldn't believe the heart we took for that. He says, and the confidence we took for that, knowing that somebody was coming down to Glasgow. He said, okay, Alec Ferguson played for Rangers. He's a governed man. But he said, somebody, somebody in our camp coming down to Glasgow and doing that, he says, made a statement. He said, and that meant we weren't frightened when we were on the park. And last night, it looked as if somebody did the exact same thing. Because right, right for the, I know the goal was important, but right for the get-go, Aberdeen were in their faces. And as, as Gary pointed out, they had eight bookings. Now, I don't know if there was a game plan before it where they said we'll take turns of kicking Rangers players until you get booked and then somebody else can do it. Uh, but I, w- I wouldn't have I mean I know Stephen Davis get booked late on, but we had two bookings in the whole, virtually the whole of the match, and to me that's unacceptable because that was that was too okay. We we should have guys in there. We, we had three guys in the middle of the park last night: and Scott Arfield, Ryan, uh, Scott Arfield, Ryan Jack, and uh, Kamara. And Kamara is neat and tidy, but he doesn't really get stuck in about things like. See, an Ian Ferguson, an Ian, nine in a row Ian Ferguson used to do, and that were definitely lacking, as Gary says, in a, a midfield enforcer. And Gerard will probably be even more annoyed given that there's a 17-year-old strutting about that Aberdeen midfield who looked completely unruffled mm-hmm. um, by that kind of physical challenge. In fact, mm-hmm. he, he kind of relished it. Um, in terms of the actual game, there was a pretty big controversy around Alfredo Morelos. Now, sitting in the stand and watching it from the press box, Gary, I thought it was a 
definite book and I know Rangers fans won't like that based on uh, social media and what's been said today um, to me there wasn't enough for him to go down there's been a number of replays I think most of them back up that opinion but there is one where um, it's taken from behind the goal where it looks more in Alfredo Morelos' favour because the defender does has his, have his arm around him the question I suppose is is that still enough to take him down what was your take on the a striker will probably I, when I saw it in real time I did think that Kevin Clancy got it spot on I thought it was a, a dive and, and Alfredo was um, uh, Morelos was uh, you know he, he's on the bubble there because he was done for, for diving at Pataudry just a couple of weeks ago by the same referee obviously so I think he went down a wee bit too theatric, theatrically but I think the television uh, pictures showed later on that, that there could have been something in it but I kind, you know I kind of admit I admired uh, Gerard um, uh, as I have for most of the season. I thought he made a couple of wee post-match blunders very early in his Rangers career, particularly up at Aberdeen when he said, you know, they're classier side than, than them and so on and so forth. But I think the tone of his press conferences has been um, uh, fantastically honest. And there are managers who would have come in last night and used that penalty incident because it would have been significant if it had been awarded because Considine would have had to have gone off. Um, as, a, as a red card in my opinion and Rangers might have scored from it um, but Gerard refused to use that as an excuse he says look, I'm, I'm not interested I've not seen it I'll have a look at it and I'll comment on it a couple of days if necessary but the bottom line is that we just weren't good enough and I take your point about the midfield we need an enforcer uh, we need an enforcer etc etc says, uh, says Gerard um, uh, or we're saying that, that Rangers need an enforcer Um but I also think that one of the things that I really admired about Gerard as a player is that when he saw grass in front of him, he galloped into it. And uh, and I watched the Rangers midfield, and they're so ponderous at times. Arfield sometimes can do it getting beyond the striker, but you sometimes just yearn to see a midfielder getting the ball at his feet and just running and just causing chaos. Maybe trying to play those wee one-twos at the end of the park or running and even having a dig um, instead of, uh, you know, because the way that Rangers played last night and they've played it often against teams and you can count it, St Johnston, Dundee, um, Hibs uh, as well, though, you know, Gerard hasn't beaten them yet as manager. The ball goes from side to side and it gives teams time to drop back and get into those those two banks, as, as, as we say, double up in the, the, the wide players. Sometimes you just yearn for somebody to say, no, you know what, let's drive into the heart of this defence here and see what can break in and around the box. I think Rangers miss that type of midfielder as well. Maybe we maybe we need an Ian Durant rather than an Ian Ferguson because he was the guy that used to get the ball by the scruff of the net and drive forward and, and look for other look for his attacking options. But if I can just pick up on the point you mentioned about the penalty, Johnny, with, with the greatest respect, I was a lot closer than you were in the press Absolutely, box. I was yeah. right behind the goal. And for me, it's an absolutely nailed-on penalty. If you look to a similar incident in the second half, Dominic Ball's booked for pulling him back from pulling him right. And a very similar incident where it's not in the penalty box. Morelos tongue and was it Morelos Dominic Ball got booked for him? Mm-hmm. I'm sure it yeah, was. Yeah. And, he, and he's got his arm round his neck, his arm round his neck and he gets booked for pulling him back and it's a foul. So why is it not the same thing in a penalty box? It was it was it was an important time. If we if we get the penalty and if we score it's one each, all I've seen butts if Ryan Jack doesn't hit the post. But for me, it was an absolute penalty. What I will say about Morelos, I really like Morelos. I think he's been, he's been he's been a breath of fresh air. There is a tendency for him to throw himself about as well. He's, he's, I, w- I would rather he stay. Scottish his football doesn't like that, and it's never like no. that. It's never like that type no. of. Uh, it's never like that type of player. Um, and I agree. With you. I think for, for for me, even still, Morelos is, is probably still edging it as my player of the year. But there is that side to the game, um, and there are players that have come from out with Scotland before and have quickly learned. 
that Scottish football doesn't like that. Um, Morelos probably still hasn't 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 it's, it's yet not, learned. That, I don't that, think you have to come from outside Scotland, Gary. No, but most of the guy Peter Paul at Aberdeen who would throw himself in the deck at every available opportunity. And look at look at Graham Shinney in the lab. I mean, he's been praised for his midfield performance. Look at him in the, the last game at Ibrooks, where Morellis touched him, tickled him in the neck, and down he went holding his head as if he'd been shot by a sniper. Now, you can't you can have it both ways. No. We, we, either, we either slag somebody for doing it, or we, we slag everybody. We don't just... But I, 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 I don't think that... To, to, I think you're comparing apples and pears to compare how Shinney reacts with, uh, with, with Morellis. I've seen it too often with Morellis and what I'm saying is that he's got to be cuter mm -hmm. in terms of how he reacts under pressure. And what I'm saying is when I mean players coming out with Scotland, I think that there are players who come from different footballing cultures and what you may be able to get away with, for example, in French football or in Spanish football or Finnish football, Colombian football, as, as, as Morelis might know, is completely different to what you would be able to get away with in Scottish football. Um, Scottish football loves a tackle, <laughs> loves loves a tackle, but it doesn't always love um, the the more theatrical side, shall we say, of of, of the game. And uh, and, and 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 smart players and, and and intelligent players quickly come to recognise that. We, we had we, we, if we were going to operate within the laws of the game, the laws of the game say you can't go about kicking people, and it was. It was last night. Was just I thought it was embarrass an embarrassing performance from the referee last night. Do you think he the, lost control, Jeff? The, the referee. Yes. They actually, they actually, the Aberdeen actually finished the game with eleven players. I could not believe that, right? Because you had, I mean, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Rangers were the first team to get a player booked, weren't they? I think Gold, was it Goldson that got booked earlier on was was the first player. Candias, I, I think, was was it Candias? I knew it was one of two. Yeah. It was a Goldson tackle, wasn't it? And yeah. Candias was getting involved. That's all he done last night. He was an absolute disgrace. But the the you know Morelis, the Morelis situation. I don't think Morelis did an awful wrong last night. You know I don't think there's anything to react about. I think we're far too paranoid when it comes to reacting about about Alfredo Morelis. Uh, he lives a he lives a clean life away from the football pitch, other than like other some other strikers in Scottish football who have been told to be sympathetic about. But Morelis is going out there. He's doing his best. He's a, I think he's a quite a clever football player. He uses his body really well. He's strong. Scores a lot of goals. Uh, and and I think he's I think he's unfair unfairly pilloried in the press. I think he gets a terrible time. It's probably quite hard to justify the booking, having seen that 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 second angle, the one that's uh, doing the rounds on Twitter and certainly was shown on BBC. Because whether or not you think there was enough contact, Gary, um, for him to go down, there is certainly an arm across him. So well, 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 where for, I, it's not a dive, I, is it? Well, that, and and that's the thing that um, I sometimes wish referees would 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 acknowledge that players can go down in the box under minimal pressure, but it doesn't necessarily mean to say that they've dived. Um, and I think sometimes referees, you see it far too often these days, someone goes down in the box and the referees get a decision, decision to make. Was it a penalty or wasn't it a penalty? And too often, in my opinion, when they decide that it's not a penalty, they also decide to flash a card mm -hmm. for diving. And I'm not always sure that simulation is, uh, uh, you know, is, is, is a factor. Because just because a player goes down in the box and no penalty is no, awarded doesn't mean to say that he's he's been guilty of, of, of diving. Jeff, you made a point about Daniel Candias, and it fits in with a theory of mine. I think that uh, both Candias and, and Kent flat are to deceive. Mm -hmm. They have a great showreel on YouTube if you look at their best moments. But ultimately, do they have the goals and assists that you would expect from Rangers players in those positions to, that they would require to win a title? What's well, your take? I, I mean, I spoke to, I spoke to Ian Ferguson 
at the tail end of last season and we had a chat and a coffee and we were talking about the current Rangers team and he said that if Rangers wanted to get back to where they once been without spending you know, the, the, the millions of pounds that they obviously don't have, he said people like Daniel Candace just wouldn't do. He says he'll give you, he'll give you something but he doesn't give you everything that you want. You know, and last night, we, last night was horrendous. Players can have an off night, players can have a bad night. But he's, it, it, I mean, there was one, I think he had one, one really nice turn in the second half. Apart from that, I don't think he should have been in the park at that point. His first half performance was terrible. There was the obvious one where he's, he's down the wing and there's two players in the middle waiting for the tap in and he's overhit it. But that was neither. He could not get by the first defender last night. He does, he flatters to deceive. And sometimes I think all he's got is his work rate. Ah, he's obviously got something else. He's got his, his, he can do nice interchanges, passes with uh, James Tavernier sometimes, and it's nice. And some, and he's made goals as well. But that was a big one last night. To me, that was that was a, a game last night where the Rangers players had to stand up and be counted, and they didn't do it. And as Gary says, and as yourself, Johnny, I couldn't understand why Ross McCrory wasn't even even at least on the bench last night. I don't know is he injured? Is, is what, what's happened? It was crying out for him in the middle of the park last night. And, and not just as a midfield enforcer, but somebody to get in there and break it up and he can pick a pass out. I think he's matured. He's still young, but as you said about Lewis Ferguson, he's he's one, he's, a, he's only a kid. And yet he's in there looking as if he'd been playing the game for 20 years last night. I, um, I, I sense your, your, your frustration um, from, a, from a, a Rangers point of view there. But... Um, Jeff, but I, I, I still also feel that there has to be a sense of perspective brought to this. Um, I understand the frustration of uh, of Rangers fans, but uh, you've got to remember that Gerard is, and, and I know that he doesn't like the word, is l- less than 12 months into his project, if you like. And Rangers fans don't like that word either, because of, it's, it's approaching a decade now since the last one major honours. But his net spend has been something like seven and a half, eight million pounds. I think he's made big strides. You're, you're getting a Rangers team that's at least looking like a Rangers team. It's not the finished article by any way stretch of uh, the imagination. They've defeated Celtic, which they've not been able to do for a number of years. They've uh, the run to the group stage of the, the, the Europa League, I think, was fantastic in terms of the prestige, in terms of the, the, the um, not least financially, and in terms of the feel-good factor for the fans. That 14-game a run that they put together, a 14-game run of matches, with only a couple of defeats. I think that was uh, that was astonishing. Um, Rangers should finish a comfortable second. The only disappointment for them, I think, is that um, that I think Gerard would have liked to have lifted a bit of silverware. He would like to have lifted a League Cup or a Scottish Cup. I think it's unrealistic to expect him to win the league at this stage. But I think sometimes you have to see the bigger picture. And I think the bigger picture is that Gerard's no daft. You know, and he's no Pedro Cachina and he's no Mark Warburton. And you know, this this is probably he he probably needs and I know that he doesn't really have the time, but he probably needs at least next season and then the season beyond, I think, to return Rangers to to, to where they, 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 they should be expecting to win trophies again on a, a regular basis. I can absolutely see the bigger picture, Gary. Absolutely. I'm frustrated, yes, at last night's performance. Just like I've been frustrated a number of times this season, games against Kilmarnock at home, St Johnson at home. But I can see, in terms of the bigger picture, Stephen Gerrard's a man for me. I think he's. I think he'll, he'll do it. I think he's a winner. I think he knows his football inside out. OK, he lacks a bit of top-team coaching experience. But he's getting that this season. The, U, the UEFA Cup, the, the Europa League run was fantastic. 
thoroughly embraced it, enjoyed it. The win over Celtic was great, but it's okay to get frustrated sometimes when you're, Absolutely, you know, when yeah. you uh, uh, last night. I it was about as you touched on Johnny last night was about Steven Gerrard and the way he set his team up exactly the same against Aberdeen again. But then when the when the when the whistle blows, it's down to these players in the park, and too many of them for me underachieved. Now that's down to Gerrard, but Gerrard doesn't know that when he signs the players, he signs him, he he watches them and then signs them or, or takes the the advice of Mark Allen or whoever. But he's now finding out about them, and I think I think at the end of the season that will tell us more about Steven Gerrard than. Something else that's down to Stephen Gerrard though is substitutions, Aye. and I thought tonight, last night, sorry, um, substitutions were particularly questionable. Defoe, Lafferty, Davis, it felt like a bit of a scattergun approach. You had Alfredo Morelos shifted out to the left wing in the last fifteen minutes of the game. As the guy scored twenty-eight goals. Now I know he's trying to get attacking players on, but the cohesion and the shape of the team just went to pot in Aberdeen if anything, looked even more comfortable when they should have been under siege. Ah, it probably was a wee bit of desperation, but I thought when Kyle Lafferty came on, he did okay. There was a couple of times when they put a higher ball up to him. He was at least a, a bit of a physical player. He was quite skinny, but he was at least a physical presence. And he won a couple of balls in the air, but then they, they, they just messed about a bit too much at the back. They passed it across the back. They passed it out to Tavernier. They weren't getting balls in the middle. Stephen Davis, for me... I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame, I, mean, I don't know if I blame Stephen Gerrard for that one, but I love Stephen Davis when he was at Ibrooks first time. Uh, he's certainly no come back the same player. You could argue he's not had much of a chance. He's, you know, if he had been playing games up until now and playing every week, then he would maybe be up to speed and doing a bit better. But it's a, it's a sort of bit part for Stephen Davis well, just now, I, isn't I, it? But I, I, I'm, I'm intrigued as to say, because I, th- I think uh, uh, Stephen Gerrard has got a, a coaching philosophy, as all, as all football coaches do. I think he likes his teams, whatever that team may well be, to play in a, in a certain way and to employ certain personnel. I just wonder if he looks at it now and says, maybe it's time to mix up a wee bit more. Maybe he needs more of a battering ram centre-forward. Not every week, of course, but uh, maybe he needs that bit of armoury and his in, uh, uh, weapon in his armoury. So he can how much would he be worth? Big, big Haley's knees are shot now, though. But um, but yeah, but you know, so I just wonder if he, you know he looks and says, well, you know what? Maybe I have to mix and match and maybe change his style a wee bit for certain games, or um, you know, because it's been happening too often. He's trusted in these players to be able to break down stubborn defences, and Aberdeen do it better than than any other team in the league mm-hmm. because Aberdeen out with the old firm have got the better players in the league so they're more adept at doing it um, effectively saying to Rangers come on then have a go break us down and Rangers have proved um, three times in Glasgow now against Aberdeen this season that they're not good enough and it's also happened as you said with, with, with other teams um, at home at Ibrox and also on the road as well One of the players that has been getting uh, a lot of heat over the last few games and I think especially for his role in the goal uh, the second goal last night is uh, Borna Barisic it's perhaps unfair to, to level too much criticism at the guy. He's come into Scottish football and he's still obviously adjusting to it. But he is a Croatian international and he did cost uh, £1.5 to £2 million, pounds depending on uh, how much you're, you're told that he was um, signed for. But uh, last night he didn't follow his man, which is kind of basic stuff Conor McLennan put through. And uh, it's basic defending, isn't it? That he's not that he's, not that he's just far too one-dimensional. He gets the ball on that left foot and he, he just looks to hit it in the box every time. Now... We've, we've touched on Rangers only the biggest team in the world, you know, the tallest team in the world. And I don't know you'd have to be you don't have to be six foot forty when headers in the box, but it helps. And he just gets the ball and he gets it in that left foot, no matter what position he's in, and he just tries to get it in the box. Now, defending as well, he's caught out quite a lot last night and Aberdeen have obviously 
I mean, Rangers fans, myself included, gave McInnes a lot of stick when he when he refused to come to Rangers and called him a bottlemaker and all the rest. But he sort of quietly went about his business and he's pinpointed where our our weaknesses are. I think quite well. He set up his team to win. Once they go in front, it's hard to break them down, as Gary said. Uh, and and for me, he played a lot last night on his right hand side uh, because he must think that. Barisic is a weak link. I think we've got problems in both full-back areas, actually. He's, um, I don't think um, uh, Barisic has yet shown himself brave enough to be a Rangers player. And by that, I mean that when you come to Scotland to play for uh, for one of the big two, players either sink or they swim. And Barisic has given the impression just now that he's floundering a wee bit. Um, I've seen McGregor a few times yelling at him. I, I don't think he's, he's, he's always as demanding for possession as he should be. I don't think he's always as confident as he should be. I don't think he's almost always as strong in the tackle as he should be. And I think that there's a, um, a, a there's a fragility about him as well when he goes into a, when he goes into tackles. He's missed quite a few games through injury as well. So I think that um, a, I think that there's a degree to which he's got to have a talk to himself and say, look, this is what I've signed up for here. He's got to, um, you know. He's got to start to to man up here and say, right, I've got to show that I've got the physical and the mental capabilities to cope with this step up. Because I think a lot of the issues for Rangers just now, I don't think they're necessarily related to the quality of the players that, that Gerard has brought in. I think it's to do with mental strength as much as anything. And it's a and it's a it's a it's a what do they say a self defeating circle because the longer it goes without Rangers putting their hand in a piece of silverware, the more the grumbles and the groans and the pressure builds from the fans who are desperate to you know see their team relevant again when it comes to watching trophies. So they need players who have got what Jock Wallace would say is character. And I'm not so sure this season if if Gerard looks around his dressing room whether he has got in his squad enough character to take them to where they want to go. Do you think, or, or is it true that Barisic says he wouldn't play on artificial surfaces? He's, he was quoted as saying that uh, in the Croatian uh, media the, 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 the other week. That's, that's, going to, that's going to get inside your head right away and you're thinking, if I'm not going to play, I mean, we've got, what have we got three or four artificial surfaces in the top I think he, but I'm sure he played at Osijek and Osijek was, um, I could be wrong, but I'm, I'm sure, no, it was, was Osijek. Mm. I'm, I'm sorry, I know Rangers played in a couple of artificial surfaces. So I, I think Osijek was grass, Gary. I think it was Ufa. Ufa yeah, was yeah. plastic. Um, you know, so, uh, but, <laughs> you know, and I, and, and I get that. But he's a young guy, he's 24, 25, so he should really be looking to hit a consistent run of, 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 of games in that team. And, and as much for his own um, ambitions, because he's 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 a Croatian international. You know they're a hard to race. The Croatians, um, mm-hmm. they're not exactly mm-hmm. uh, they're not exactly mm-hmm. wallflowers. Well, you said he looks. I mean, his sort of physical demeanour looks doesn't lend itself to, you know, a, a, somebody running at him, fearing them. But and I, and I and I get that as well. I looked at him last night and I thought at times if he was a wee bit further away, he looked like a wee boy. You know, but we had a well, we lost a we lost a Rangers legend last week, Eric Caldo, who was he certainly didn't have a, a massive build and. He was a fast, fast uh, fullback, but he was also quite tough in the tackle. And and you know, I don't, I think I don't know, if, I don't know if Barisic just came to Scotland and thought, Jesus Christ, some of these players I'm playing against are really, really big and physical. But, but listen, it's all one talking like lines, but they're sacrificing like lambs in these mm. key uh, in these key games, and they've got to, uh, you know, and they've they've, they've they've got to be stronger, mm-hmm. you know, in the head as well as as well as in the tackle. 
We've had a number of questions on Twitter about some of the singing last night, Gary. Um, where do you stand on that? You know, it's a it's a real thorny issue. Um, as far as I'm concerned, when you're writing match reports, there's there's so much to condemn. Um, I don't like any of that type of singing. I've got to be honest with you. I cringe when I hear it. Um, it comes for the Union Bears too often. Last night, Aberdeen fans were particularly um, eh, dire um, in it, referencing Stephen Gerrard eh, as an orange bee. I heard them say to Neil Lennon earlier this season when, when, when eh, Neil Lennon was at Hibs, they called him a Fenian bee as well. Songs about the Ibrox disaster and, and, and Ian Durant. Um it's 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 unpalatable and it's uh, and it's and it's got to stop. It, um, but where do we go with it? You know, supporters get their the Achilles heel of their of their opponents and 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 they mock and it's tribal and it's you know and and we're ones for saying oh great atmosphere in Scottish football. Well, I'm afraid the great atmosphere in Scottish football is also is, is very often based in an ugly tribalism and. I, I, I really I'm at a loss to um, to know how we how we can stop it without the clubs themselves actually you know actually doing more to to, to condemn and doing more to um, you know to, to take action against those that do in, in, indulge in it. I think, sorry, Johnny. I was just going to say I think supporters are just looking for a wee bit of fairness in this. Right, Rangers fans were mocked for Rangers fans were mocked for singing about Steve Clark. I, I personally felt I was I was there that night, and I personally felt when they called him when they sang the first song about him. Which called him a W. Mm-hmm. He waved to them, and that was fine. I didn't think they had to take it to the next, the next level, right? But we got we got absolutely hammered for that. Again, I was sitting right next to the Aberdeen fans, and as, as Gary quite rightly pointed out, that their conduct was was shocking all night. And it's not just a, it's not, that's no banter when you sing about things that they sang about. That's no banter, and all I think Rangers fan, and and with social media now, especially with Twitter. Everything gets highlighted tenfold, and everybody's a big bad wolf. And then other fans will do it next week, and other fans will call us a big bad wolf. But I think if it's going to go down the road of you know getting officially hammered for it, then I think they have to hammer everybody. The government, Scottish government, are talking about actually closing grounds, or if the clubs don't get their house in order. I don't know how far they've went down that road, but I think that's that's nonsense. But is it for the fans to self-police themselves again? That's a, a thorny subject because it could cause undue trouble in the terrace and you know uh, last last night also if I could if I could if I could say last night I thought the atmosphere in the first half was particularly bad for the Rangers fans because the Union Bears had decided to protest because they want to move to the, the middle section I personally felt that was a bit of an own goal because it was one nil at half time we were down I was I was really down last night at half time I was dejected and I'm sitting there and a guy came round and says to me oh there's a flag do you want to wave it because they were going to wave flags in the second half and I, I said no I said I'm not waving a flag uh, I said you should have been here in the first half waving flags and, and singing now I completely get that they feel a bit maybe ostracised out in the out in the, out in the side and I've been a big backer of Union Bears I really like them for the atmosphere they create but I think just taking last night as a one-off, I thought that was a, a poor decision. See, there's a, I met an old wise Israeli once and he said, to be offended is only to punish yourself for the stupidity of others. And I kind of um, I kind of agree with that to some extent, but I think it's really time for Scottish football fans to box clever. I, I really wish that Scottish fans, irrespective of your club, would sing about 
the positive things that define your club mm-hmm. rather than the negative things that define what you aren't. So define what you are and don't sing about what you aren't, I think, in, in a kind of general rule of thumb. Uh, I, I would, uh, that's, that's, that's where I would like to see it going. I think it's going to be edgy. I think, I, think, I think sometimes it has to be edgy. I take your point about that it, that, that it has to be edgy. You know, there has to be a, a degree of tribalism. But, you know, do you really want to go and take your kid to an atmosphere where, you know, where, where you know, we, we, we live in a... We live in a multicultural society, you know. You, you you live next door to people who are different races, creeds, religions. You know, you, you, we work next to people. You know, we, we're we're all you know. It's trite to say it, we're all Jock Damson's Bairns, but we're all part of a we're all part of a community. And I just think that I just think that singing those those songs, whether it be the, the, the kind of you know whatever Celtic fan sings, whatever Rangers fan sings, whatever Aberdeen and the Hearts, you know, they've got a, a, a nasty rump um, to them as well. And these four clubs aren't alone because there are more. Um, let's just define yourself by what you are rather than what you're not. Jeff, just before we uh, wrap this up, because I know you've got to get away, um, tell us what your uh, latest, tell us about your latest book. I know you've uh, done the Mark Walters book, which has been a, a roaring success. A lot of people that listen to the podcast will have read it. And if they haven't, they should. Um, is that is that the, the latest project at the moment? It was, yes, but the one I'm working on just now is a book on Rangers' 50 greatest victories over Celtic. Uh, and I've got, I've researched 49 at the moment, I'm hoping there's another one <laughs> before the publication date of Christmas. Are they ranked, are they? Well, what, it, what we're doing is we're doing it in sort of chronology. We're, I'm, I'm going to Rangers' first ever victory against Celtic in the Glasgow Cup in 1893. Sadly, it was five years after Celtic were formed, so we were, we were quite poor at the time. But once we got the first one... and then Six the, years... Celtic were formed in November 1887. Well, they really? 1888. The first meeting was November 1887. Is it? Is it? Well, it's five, five, five and a half years. I'm not going to concede to Gary. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's five and a half years. You know your history, yeah. <laughs> I don't like that song either, Gary. And it was five, five and a half years after the formation and they beat, they beat Celtic in the Glasgow Cup final. And, you know, I've taken on from there to the, the famous 8-1 victory, which some people might say is unofficial, uh, right through to the present day where... Ryan Jack scored the winning goal at, at Christmas there, and what's been the most famous Rangers victory over Celtic? Do you, do you know there's there's the one that the, 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 there was they beat them they beat them four one in nineteen fifty nine I think it was and Johnny Hubbard got a hat trick and Alec Ferguson still to this day says that Johnny Hubbard's third goal was his, is the greatest goal he's ever seen in a match. It was with uh, Johnny. It must have been a penalty, was it not? No, it wasn't. Actually, it wasn't. It was. It was. In fact, in that game. George Young took the penalties, yeah. and this is something I didn't understand because Hubbard was on. No, Hubbard was. It was must be his second goal because he was on two goals, and then Hub, it says George Young kindly allowed Johnny Hubbard to take the penalty <laughs> to get his hat trick. But uh, I think you know I've I've watched so many Old Firm matches since I watched, started watching Rangers nineteen seventy, and and it, it won't rank up there, but the way I felt in two thousand and sixteen when Rangers beat Celtic in the semi final, it was like you know we'd been down there for so long and. We come back. We weren't given an earthly. I think we were still in the championship at the time, and I thought we should have won in ninety minutes, but we won in we won in uh, uh, penalties. So th- there was a lot of heart in that game, Johnny. As you say, the, I think it was did Andy Halliday you know, wipe out Patrick Roberts early on, and and what happened last night? 
How, how was nobody getting wiped out? That was always a, a feature of big matches that Rangers played in. Oh, listen, you look back in the YouTube footage of the old Firm games for the seventies <sighs> and eighties. You know, they've been played five or six these days. You know, <laughs> just on that, did either of you see the video with the Romanian uh, player that got uh, poleaxed by Graham Sunis? And he's talking about that. You know that famous mm-hmm. tackling. It was Stoyed a Bucharest. Stoyed eh? Bucharest. It was uh, quarter final of the European Cup, wasn't it? Aye. And Sunis mm-hmm. went studs up. And uh, the guy was saying that he was he was told that he was a centimetre away from losing his life because the way studs were in those days, mm-hmm. it was like court real artery or whatever it is well, that it could a, have it been severed. It, 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 it was a shocker, but as soon as being soon as the thing that I loved most about him was after he'd done the tackle, he had the cheek to go to the referee and point out to a blemish on his calf as if he had somehow been the injured party in it as well. <laughs> <laughs> the poor guy's lying poleaxed with, uh, yeah, with two delicate pieces of his anatomy lying in the, uh, the centre circle at Ibrox. Mm. Yes, it definitely was a different time, that's for sure. Well, that's all from us. We'll be back next midweek with more news and analysis of all things Rangers. If you want to get in touch with us to continue the debate, I'm at Johnny R. McFarlane. Jeff, you're on Twitter. What's yes. your Twitter handle? At Jeff H, capital J-E-F-F, cap H, 1960. Yeah, and Gary's yet to join the Twitter party, although I suspect he's got an egg account somewhere masquerading as something else. Couldn't be, couldn't be another account you have there, Gary? Absolutely not, absolutely not. I like my life uh, I like my life simple. Don't forget to subscribe at iTunes or Acast to get the podcast as soon as it becomes available. And if you liked it, please review and rate us on there too. Thanks for listening.